Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome, everyone. We are talking nonprofit language. This is a uh, the, the podcast is called the Nonprofit Exchange. We do have a live event on Tuesday nights at seven called the Nonprofit Chat. And so people show up and ask questions. If you're watching this on Facebook, you can go to nonprofitchat.org, nonprofitchat, C-H-A-T dot org. You can find the link to, to join us live. Uh, it's okay. We find a lot of people watch us on Facebook. A lot of people download the, uh, the podcast and listen to it at their leisure. And lots of people watch the videos. So it's posted on nonprofitchat.org as well. Our guests tonight are two distinguished-looking gentlemen, uh, Pip Patton and John Zintmeyer. They're in Florida. They're in the Gulf Coast. And then in Central Florida, they have a very defined expertise. I met these, these gentlemen. At least I met Pip you know, on a couple of trips down to Orlando doing some interaction with CEOs. And I guess you must be a CEO if you were in that group. This, is, this company you have... Tell us what the name of it is and what inspired you to launch this company and a little bit about your history, the expertise that you bring to this very specialized space. Okay, um, Hugh, thank you uh, for having us on. Yeah, my, my background over, say, 20 years ago was uh, I was actually in the Yellow Pages business. I used to work with small businesses, helping them promote themselves and grow through the vehicle of Yellow Pages back when the Yellow Page directory was the search engine of choice. And then that changed about 10 years ago. And um, at that time, I was kind of transitioning out of Yellow Pages. I really enjoyed working with uh, business owners and uh, the technology and the digital arena was of great interest to me. So I studied it and tried to learn it and have been working now about almost seven years or so in that arena with a, with an agency model where I help uh, businesses be found in Google search primarily. Yeah. I used to buy a yellow page ads. It's when I had a camera shop on Madeira beach and then later in St. Pete, that was the sure. go-to place to find out who to do, uh, who to hire and who to solve your problems. That was a, unique spot. So you transitioned from that space. Was that a direct transition to the digital marketing that you do? Yeah, pretty much. I, um, at that particular time, I left Yellow Pages because the company I worked for got bought out by somebody else and they, let's just say they didn't treat their new acquisition people real well. And, and um, so it was a, a good opportunity for me to, to leave there. I had, a, at that time, my mom needed some attention and needed some care. So I, I decided to stay home and really take care of her. And then uh, shortly thereafter, I, I had been studying the, the digital marketing and had a couple of people that I met that really needed help in that arena. And I began to help them. And then the business just evolved from there. Awesome. Awesome. Sort of fell into that. So um, John, you're part of this team. Talk, talk about yourself. What brought you to this place? Well, I guess uh, directly, uh, Pip brought, brought me to the place. <laughs> Pip and I have done business together off and on, uh, many different uh, ventures, uh, always been good buddies, and uh, always enjoyed bouncing business ideas off each other for over 30 years now. And so um, uh, last year, I was making a transition and uh, I've owned uh, several businesses at the time. I was actually working with a group that I thought I'd probably be at for the rest of my career, but that doesn't always happen. And so, um, uh, I, but Pip and, and I had uh, always uh, um, talked a lot about what he was doing and what was happening in the SEO world. And I really, all my, all my career, I have uh, looked for ways to bring uh, large ROIs uh, to companies or to my clients. And SEO is a great way to do that. 
And so the, uh, I've always been in the technology world, uh, mostly um, automation, uh, but this has been a lot of fun and we've uh, enjoyed working closer together. So, Russell Dennis has been stalking you. So Russell, what did you find out about them online? <laughs> well, you know, John said wonderful things about Pip online. It was one of it's a glowing testimony. <laughs> well, it, it's on there. So there's a number of things. So there's this track record of years where you've been getting premium results and and coming from the Yellow Page world, I sold Yellow Page ads in my sophomore year in college. I made a truckload of money that summer. And this is back in 1995, of course. But uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's that was that was a good time to be in Yellow Pages. Uh, it probably wouldn't work as well this summer. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I'd probably go hungry over the summer. I mean, you see a lot of things like Yelp, but everything is is basically an online directory, and those are. The, the only real power in that stuff is in the testimonials and getting the credibility. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So um, that's back when uh, a truckload really meant something. <laughs> a truckload of money was worth something. Yeah, well, that was before the, the exchange rates kind of went to pot. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. So, um, guys, we, we sent out a, an email today. Um, one just a few minutes ago to tell people they could they could get ten thousand dollars worth of free AdWords. We're going to talk about that, but I think underneath that, let's talk about why we want to. These are these are people on this call listening to the podcast, watching the video. They're people that are in what we'd call social benefit work. They're running a, a membership organization. It's it's got a tax exempt status. They're running a church or synagogue. They're running a community foundation. They're running a cause-based charity. There's lots of people are in education. They're in government organizations like down the road from me, we have the Agency on Aging, my, my peer group. We, um, we have a lot of people doing really good work. And so why should we care that people come to our website? So we, we want to direct traffic, but let's talk about why we care people come and then who do we want to attract? So let's take it sequentially. Why do we care? And then who do we want to bring to our website? Well, whether, whether it's a nonprofit or a regular for-profit business, you need more customers, more exposure. You need more people to know who you are and what you do, whether they have an interest in perhaps volunteering, perhaps donating, perhaps being involved in special events that you have, um, taking advantage of what you, what you might teach. Uh, all of those things are, are there. So having a higher, a higher profile online, it will bring more of that, those eyeballs to you, those eyes and ears. Mm -hmm. If people want information about anything, they're online. And so, so take it one step further and uh, <clears throat> having a website online and not being ranked in Google anywhere is like having your nonprofit, for-profit, business, uh, uh, ministry, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, out in the middle of a very, very, very dark, dark desert with uh, no lights. So you cannot be found. And so if you're providing a service for somebody and in a not-for-profit type arena, uh, the idea is that you want them looking for that service to be able to find you. And so that's the biggest reason that you want exposure for on that side anyway. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're doing for-profit, you won't be able to be able to find your store. Sure, sure. And there's lots of really good organizations doing really fine work that nobody is aware of. And it would occur to me that PR is one good reason. Um, I know people will support the causes they believe in. And, and if they can go to somebody's website and see the impact of the work of this charity? Who are we serving? What problem we're solving? So how do we figure out which people to attract to the website? Because that matters a lot, doesn't it? Well, it definitely does. Uh, in our world, with what John and I do, generally when we work with an organization, they're telling us, you know, what people are searching for to find them, or at least the basic concept. Usually, 
Um, and, and then we will build campaigns around that. If we're doing SEO, then we're going to um, work to make their site visible for certain searches for certain uh, keywords, as an example. Now, in the in the uh, AdWords arena, it's the same thing. You're you're bidding on keywords to become visible in search. So if somebody searches for, um, you know, like you you mentioned, you know, churches and synagogues are 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 a, a, a part of the audience. If somebody is new to an area and they're looking for a specific uh, you know, uh, type of church or a uh, denomination, they may go online to see what's around them. And if you're not visible, you just missed out on perhaps a new member. Yeah, yeah. There, there are lots of choices in life today, aren't there? There sure are. And and most organiz most businesses, organizations, if you will, today I find aren't really aware of how much search there actually is online for their service or product. And it's huge. It's the single largest pool that exists of prospective new customers, clients. I mean, those are interchangeable words, even in the nonprofit world. Um, you know, it, it counts to, it equates to the same thing. So, you know, if, if you have a, a, a business, or an organization, and you you are working with a certain you know in a certain arena, there's more search for that information about that online than there than there is anywhere else. Awesome, Hugh, you can relate. I mean, what happened when you when you uh, got a yellow page ad? Yeah, people would call me up and say, "I see you have this." <laughs> That's right. They found you. They found you. Uh huh. That was the go-to place. Um, <laughs> Actually, we actually went to Yellow Pages last week to look for some resources for moving. Um, so we, we put out a line that people could get $10,000 in AdWords. So talk about that program. I've got one of these grants, and I don't know how in the world I got it. Uh, okay. Somebody helped me get it, and I'm, I'm still learning how to work it, but I spend 10000 a month. So talk about that program, and um, how do people acquire that grant? Okay. Um, well, really, it's it's a terrific program by Google. Uh, it's I guess it's their way of uh, giving back to the community at large here in the United States. Uh, it may be available overseas too. I'm not I'm not for sure of that, but it's a a grant that they offer to any 501c3, uh, and it's for ten thousand dollars a month to use any way the organization sees fit. The the Determination of the success of any advertising campaign you do is totally up to you. Um, Google is providing that. Uh, the only restriction they put on it is that you can't bid on a keyword that's more than two dollars. Now, in in some depending on the area you live in, larger areas, um, certain keywords that even might fit your organization might be highly competitive, and they would be well in excess of two dollars, but just as you found, Hugh, if you work with somebody who understands how to dig out the, the keywords that still fit the proper uh, niche that you're going after, you can you can find enough keywords to bid on to utilize those dollars. Out of I think I have 24,000 keywords and all the things that are related to everything we do, and we have uh, our average position is 2.5 on a on a search. Uh, that's that's terrific. That really is very, very good. And you're working on a national level as well, correct? I'm working on anybody speaks English. So we got Philippines, we got Australia, New Zealand. Right. right. Okay. So um, for for many organizations, we'll be able to take the same uh, approach. Uh, if it was, uh, uh, say, a, a local church or synagogue, an organization like that, they might be more defined by a geographic area. But still... Um, the exposure that they can gain from that is just fabulous, and it's it's just a really really uh, terrific program that Google has uh, put out there and made available to uh, all the all the five hundred one c threes. How do you get it? How do how do you how do you qualify for it? It's just an application process. They just have to be able to verify that you are truly a legitimate five hundred one c three. It doesn't matter what you're promoting or what you're about. Um, you make application, you have to do it. We've been, uh, we actually offer that service to uh, nonprofits where we'll do the application process for them. We don't charge for that. 
Um, and we've, we've been six, pretty successful. We haven't had any, any not approved so far. So, and then, um, but along with that application process, you have to have a campaign that's ready to go. So Google sees that there is a campaign in place ready to turn on the minute they say yes. An AdWords campaign. In ad, yes, an AdWords campaign. Yeah, yeah, and you can register for that, of course, for free. And then if you do it on your own, you pay per click. Um, Correct. R Russell, he just slipped something in here. Did you, did you hear what I hear? He said they do it for free. <laughs> well, maybe we shouldn't have said that, John. What do you think? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a little too late now, Phil. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, I get that one back in the bag. Well, uh, well, I will say this. Now, we... We, we, don't, we don't manage campaigns for free, but uh, I've found a lot of people that just, the, the application process can be a little confusing to them. And uh, you, know, you can't even begin until you get, get approved. And so we've, we've at least been able to figure that out and are willing to do that for anybody. They can manage their own campaigns. If you really, you know, when you really get into the, the nitty gritty of it, as Hugh, you found, you, know, you really need somebody to help you to, because you know, you, it'd be difficult for you on your own to find twenty-four thousand keywords. Oh my word! And then put them in the right ads, direct them to the right places, direct them to the right page where you can do what we right. call conversions. Right, right. Yeah, you have to have landing pages and you know different ad groups and campaigns and all this kind of stuff that needs to be done to optimize it. So, because one of the one of the reasons you have twenty-four thousand keywords is because you want to utilize all that money and you're limited to two dollars a click. So. You got to find all the keywords that a keyword that might only get five searches a month, but you want to make sure you're found when those five people are searching. And it, then it's the misspelling of the words too. that people yeah. spell leader wrong. Just as a typo L A E D E R. So there's that, uh, uh, John, you were going to say something. Oh, I just said the maximum was $2. So it's not like they're all $2. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I adjust because sometimes I adjust them down and I still get the mileage. So there's also a quality score. They, they give you a quality score on the ad word, and I have some that are sevens and eights, which I understand is pretty hard to do. Um, yeah. Well, they rate you on the quality of the, the word as to where you're, you're driving it. There's all kind of sophisticated tools out there to watch what you're doing. It's just amazing. So where do people contact you to let you help them do that? And, and start that conversation? Well, they can, uh, they can call me. Uh, you know, our, our phone number is 813-321-3390. And that's, that's our main line here in Tampa. Uh, or they can go to our website. On the website, you know, you can get contact information. There, the phone number is there, of course. And there's a, a, an email link to uh, send us an email if, if they want to. Uh, they can reach me via email if they like at um, pip, P-I-P-P, -P, at si-5.com. Si, that's a hyphen, dash 5.com is the Correct. website. And we'll have that posted underneath this video on nonprofitchat.org and on the notes for the podcast. That's a very uh, generous offer. I, I, it's not a lot of work. Now, I want to talk about the juxtaposition of SEO and the ads because those two really need to have some synergy. And um, I think, John, you were talking about if you did the SEO, it would actually get you a lot more mileage um, for less money with the, 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 the search engine, uh, the, the AdWords. But I, I found that I had the, um, I'm surprised they didn't cancel me. I, I had the grant and had five or six campaigns going. Um, now I have several thousand campaigns going or, or, or ad groups and five, four campaigns. Um, but I found that I, no matter what I tried, I could not spend more than $300 a month. And that's the maximum you spend a day, three something, 333, 332. Yeah. And yeah. I spend that every day now. But I couldn't figure that out. So I had to get somebody to help me. So you, that's a, that's a for hire thing that you can do. But I, I did, I got really frustrated because it, I shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. Cause I do, I do leadership and culture and strategy really well. I don't do that. I, I suck at that. That's suck is Jeff McGee playing halfway to success. Success. So talk about the, um, why do you need this is if you've got SEO? Well, it's uh, the difference between paid search and organic search. You know, whenever you do a Google search, um, you, you bring up a search result page at the very top. The first three or four listings are going to be the paid ads. 
and then everything and then the next 10 listings below that are going to be the, what they call organic listings or the non-paid listings now these listings each of these listings paid or unpaid are the are the listings that Google uh, believes are the most relevant to the search that you've done so in terms they're of catering, they're catering to their own customer so right. I, as a Google searcher am Google's customer and so they want to try to provide me the most relevant the best options possible that way I'm happy yeah you're happy in that and you continue to use Google that's right why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about the percentages of where the clicks go John yeah so that that's that's really important if if I uh, launch a campaign today I can bid on an AdWord today and I can get I can get that ad word and I can be found for that word today. Organic is a little bit different. That takes a little bit more time. It takes authority. It takes optimization as a search engine optimization. It takes all those things. And Google's not going to make that change quickly because, again, they want to make sure that you actually do have good information to provide their customer when they search for a given keyword. And so that's why it takes time to build that authority for the organic search. Now, what is very interesting is that the difference in the paid search and the, the organic search is there's about five times more volume for the organic search. And that's a big deal. So if you're buying, ad, buying uh, AdWords and you're getting traffic, um, that's great because I can do it today and that's a, a way to get to the organic search you can start to get traffic today but realize that over time you will have a lot more to choose from if you're getting the organic search it now just this, takes a bit does, of time does Google learn or does does the effectiveness grow over time I know when I, I've listened to people talk about how they do Facebook ads and actually over the weeks and the months, the Facebook ad builds a knowledge base and it actually becomes more effective over time. Is there a parallel, and that may or may not be the accurate description, but is there something like that with AdWords? Well, the parallel would be, I, I, I guess it would be the authority that you gain by having good information and making it available so Google can read it, can understand it, your page is optimized, the information you're providing is relevant and Google's going to look at all that because if, if, if I just, if I have a new page and someone finds me, but I, my information is not very relevant, then Google's customer, the searcher will leave. Google doesn't like that. A little more if I can. Sure. Um, yeah, I, he, I understand your question also relates to, like you said, with Facebook. Facebook is, um, they have what they call a, tar a pixel, and they, they mm -hmm. want you to put that pixel on your website. And then Facebook learns, Facebook's algorithm learns who clicks on your ads and who your ideal customer is, and they get smarter and smarter at putting your ad in front of people that, ha that fit a profile that's more likely to click. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it. AdWords, I don't believe does that. To be honest with you, my business partner is a little, quite a, bit, a good bit more knowledgeable than I am on the actual running of the AdWords campaigns. You should um, clarify that's your other business partner. <laughs> yes, sorry. sorry. Yeah, my other business partner, who is on vacation with her children right now, uh, and her husband, and um, but but I don't believe that uh, uh, the AdWords. Uh, does that they it, it's pretty much up to us as the buyer of AdWords to optimize the campaigns and figure out what's working best now, my colleague uh, Russell is very active on LinkedIn and I've heard you guys and other times talk about authority um, or something like a authority site so Russ um, does mm -hmm. a lot of really good stuff on LinkedIn he has articles and his his uh, description of who he is is very valuable. How does that play into the picture with the, the Google SEO and the AdWords and the whole pack package? 
Well, I would say having a an optimized profile on LinkedIn as well as other social media properties are all very important. Um, they provide, every one of those provides a description about you and your business, provides a link back to your website from a, a site that Google sees as high authority. And when you can get a link back from a high authority site, there's some of that authority transfers back and it helps you build the authority of your website. So those are all part of the mix. They don't really have, they won't really have much of an effect on your AdWords, but from an SEO standpoint, those are very important elements. Les, did that bring up any comments or questions on your side? Oh yeah, well, the keywords are important and, and this program for grants is something that I've seen because I looked at, oh, $10,000, who couldn't use that? But when I read into the language, there's a certain amount of traffic that you have to drive and if you don't do that, well, they, they pass that on to people that, that can use it. And so the idea of them looking at uh, keeping their own credibility high by giving their users what they need makes perfect sense. But I just, you know, unless somebody's got a lot of expertise in it, yeah, I, and I don't think you had that on your typical nonprofit staff, uh, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity, but you've got to be able to drive the traffic to keep it going. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Google AdWords is much more complicated to optimize and it takes, and it takes a little bit of time to optimize a campaign. Usually when you're working with AdWords, you're going to figure the first three or four months is going to, that's what, what you're going to put in to, to kind of tweak and figure it out. I'm actually, we're actually managing a campaign for a, a, a chiropractor client right now. Uh, it's not a big campaign. It's not a huge amount of money, but we took it over because the, the people that were handling it for them, they were just unhappy with the results they were getting. So we've, we've taken it over and we've had it about two months and it'll be another month or two before we get it fine tuned. I'm in the process now of building them landing pages hmm. because they were sending all the, all this paid traffic to their home page and, it, you know, if, if you're in, in their particular case, if you were looking for a, a chiropractic solution for back pain, the homepage mention, talks about it a little bit, mentions it, but doesn't really talk about it in depth. So it, it's less likely to, to create a conversion or mean getting a phone call for an appointment than if there was, if they were landing on a page that spoke to that particular uh, problem um, directly. So we're in, I'm in the process now of building them landing pages, which will help their conversion. And the better conversion you get, that also helps your quality score. So he was obviously doing that well if he's got some sevens and eights in quality score. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not getting the conversions I want, but it, it's gone up um, dramatically in the last two months. I'm starting to, like you said, fine tune it. And I had some AdWords that weren't relevant, so I was bringing people there that weren't the right people. And so that I wanted to come back to that piece. You know, we want to bring the people there. They can find words and we can trick them into coming, but if it's not what they want, they're going to leave within a second or two. Right. Right. So it's, it's, we're just wasted the money. Uh, or right. And then, and then, and then you get, and Google kind of dings you and realizes, Hey, they're not, that's not, that's not, that ad's not uh, working. So regardless of what you're bidding, they, they drop you down in position. Oh, so you, you, with, with, with AdWords, you know, even if, if, you know, there's three or four ads at the top of the page, even if they're all bidding the same thing, if they all have the same quality score, Google kind of rotates those around. But as time goes by and, a, and one or two of them gain more traction because they have a higher quality score, they're getting a better click rate, even though it's the same price or even a little lower price, Google will show them ahead of the other ads because they want people to have a good experience so they keep using them. Like it's like John said, this, the person doing the searching is the customer that Google's trying to make sure they're happy and trying to please. Yeah. So there's a, there's, that's a really, really important area to understand. And if you don't, I find out, I'm, I'm a pretty smart guy, but it's taken me a while to get my head around all of this stuff and I'm learning it so then I can bring on somebody and have them manage it. There's, there's lots of charities doing social media and they really don't do themselves any favor. 
and there's lots of charities that put up pretty websites, but you know, propeller head makes them something nice <laughs> and they say, Oh, you got all these hits. Well, hits are, I think I shared this with you. Tom Antion said it's how idiots track success. And it, it really doesn't matter who comes hits is every time it downloads an image or a page or something. So you can have lots of hits with nothing. Um, so it's really coming back to this. What do people do? The conversions that matter. So let's go into some of the things that you know that people need to learn about when you put up uh, a web page, when you put up a site, then Google looks at everything, the relevance of everything. How do they, how do you, how does this organic uh, SEO work? Well, well that's, go ahead, John. You want to talk? <laughs> that's where it starts. So the very first thing is that, uh, you know, Google's a computer. It, it needs to make sense to Google. Uh, you can't infer things. You gotta, it's got to be written and optimized such that Google can read it and understand exactly what you do and what you're promoting, what information you're providing. You want to make sure that you've optimized it so Google can actually understand it. That way they, and then you want to start uh, to, uh, to look for uh, ways to continue to build that authority. We mentioned having uh, links back from high authority sites that Google realizes, oh, okay, so this site thinks that that uh, that they're they're providing the right information about this given subject, and so the but the big thing is it does start right on the page. We call it on-page SEO, and so it needs to have the right information in in the right format and made make sense for Google. So. Go back to this authority site thing. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, the, the, the sites that you see in organic search um, in a, from a, on the results page that we call the, the search result page, those are the sites that Google feels are the most relevant, which means to them have the highest authority for that subject. And authority is really predominantly gained in a number of ways, but one of the biggest areas is links, is links from other sites. It might be um, social media sites that you have. It might be other people linking to your information. It might be uh, you've written uh, an article. Maybe you do a blog. You write a blog post, and then other people pick up that blog post and repost it on their on their Facebook page, on their blog themselves, whatever. And then through that, there's a link back to your site from another site that has relatively similar, you know, relevant information. And it takes time. That's why John was talking about SEO takes time. You can buy a paid ad and be at the top of the search for a given keyword tomorrow. But with SEO, it takes time to build that authority. And it takes time for Google to trust your site. A brand new site that comes up, it can take months, no matter how good your information, it can take months for, for those links to build and for Google to gain the confidence, if you will, and the trust that you're, that you're, you're the right one to show to, for search results for that given um, keyword. All right, so how do these two work together, the organic SEO and the AdWords? Can they, is there a negative? Uh, dynamic that we can create that cancels no, each other out? It's not, there's nothing negative about it. The numbers are interesting. Paid search gets about 18 to 20% of the clicks on a page. Organic gets the rest. So, whoa, 18% is paid search. Yeah, 18 to 20. It can be different in different niches, but that, that's, that's the average, 18 to 20%. So, of all the ads there are out there, you know, somebody searches for, you know, new plumber, uh, they need, they say, uh, you know, my toilet's leaking and I need a plumber and they search for that. And there's going to be ads at the top of the page. Those ads are going to get 18 out of a hundred searches, 18 clicks and the organic listings, the ones that have below are going to get the rest with the top three getting the lion's share. Now, and that's really what SEO is. SEO is our job is to, is to build that authority and get a an organization, a business's site ranked into those uh, top three to five positions. The reason I say three to five is because in many niches there are directory type sites that 
we'll get into that top five and they don't really, they're not really direct links to a customer. People might, you know, will a lot of times ignore those and go to directly to a business because they want a solution to their problem. Yeah. Yeah. People are looking for things. So, um, you can go to analytics and other tools like that and figure out what people are actually putting in, can't you? Yeah, analytics will tell you what someone typed in in order to find you. Um, so that that's certainly a great tool. Anybody who has a website should uh, sign up and you have Google Analytics on it. It's, it's free service from Google. Um, and then they offer great tutorials on trying to, on learning how to, you know, I digest the data. It would occur to me that would be a good way to research what people are really looking for. Is that true? Well, it would be, um, except that you don't really have access to, you know, Google has a keyword tool built into AdWords where you can put in keywords and they'll give you a range of how much search there is right. for those. Or they might come back and show no search, even though there is some. It's funny. It may be low, but there, there is some. I have a friend who often says, he says, I, he says I, 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 it's great how much money I've made from, from search terms that Google said there's no search for. Anyway, um, but there's, there's new searches all the time. Google, Google says that, you know, like a third of all the searches they see every month are searches done in a particular manner, like wording or whatever that they've never seen before. So that's constantly changing. Give me that statistic again. About a third of all the searches that they, Google sees every month are done a little bit different in a phrase or whatever than they've ever seen before. I thought that's what you said. That's remarkable. It is. <laughs> I know. We can't, we can't use another term like that. I don't think you can stand it. It's just, <laughs> we can't say, we can't, use, we can't bring him a new statistic that just is blown his mind. That's amazing. How many words are there? That is amazing. At this rate, his hair is going to start turning off. <laughs> no, it's going to light on fire. you got to ease up on him a little at least I got hair. <laughs> <laughs> this is the secret to not having any gray. You cut it all off. <laughs> Last week we had an interview with Les Brown and Les talks about using the mascara on his gray. And he said, he gets gray hair. It doesn't last very long. Uh, so he, he keeps, keeps looking fresh with that, that look. So guys, this is fascinating stuff. Um, so people put up websites and they wonder why nobody comes and they really do stupid things on social media and it's really social. So how do people learn about this? I think we should create an academy and have, have a membership for people who are in charitable work to learn how to do some of these things. We, just, we, should, we should noodle on some of that. How can we, like, like Russ said, they, they got a small staff, they don't have a lot of money, but if they started getting more traffic and people found them and they raised the donor base and actually if donors know what you're doing, the impact that you're having, they're going to continue to be donors and they're going to spread the word. So there's, there's really no negative aspect to tooting your horn and letting people know about it. So let, come back to some of my crazy ideas here. Well, that's right. And um, uh, I know what you and I've talked before about, you know, how do you how do you create more of a presence in social media? You know, you have the, the main social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, maybe Pinterest, Google Plus, all of these. And how do you how do you put out information on a regular basis? And there are a couple of tools out there that make it easier to do that. Um, one is a, a, a company called Buffer. And Buffer has a, uh, the ability to link and post uh, articles, things that you might find to the various social media uh, accounts that you have. And then there's another uh, company called Q, which is spelled Q-U-U-U. And they're an aggregator of uh, online articles. And you probably find articles in almost any niche or subject that you can think of. So you can... You can get an account for both of these. You can actually get an account free for both of these. On the free account, you're limited to how many social media, how many posts you can do and how many social media accounts you can link to. But you can link Buffer with Q. As an example, you can link Buffer with Q and pick like four or five different subjects and link a, like two articles a day posted to 
say Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn every single day. Now those are what they call curated content. I mean, somebody else wrote it. It's in your niche. You post it as interesting information for people who are interested in your niche and what you do. And then, but I also recommend to people that they need to be doing some original content of their own. Now you don't have to, but if you have this, these other services, you don't feel like I'm having to write something like every day or two or three times a week. You can do something a couple of times a month that was original, but there's still a flow of information coming out and that creates engagement. It's going to, you're going to build Twitter followers. You're going to build Facebook likes. You're going to build uh, um, an audience, uh, additional connections on LinkedIn, all from having information that, that flows. You made one other, you asked one other question, Hugh. Um, uh, Pip and I spend a lot of time figuring this out. Uh, this is way full time. Um, and so there are some basic things that can be done to give your site more visibility, just some, some real basic things. And, and there's a lot of that stuff on there. I think the biggest thing Pip said is that, you know, make sure that you've got a LinkedIn account, a, a Facebook business account, or, or uh, uh, an account that's the, to your ministry or your 501c3, uh, a Twitter account, and an Instagram account, and you've got those connected to your to your website. That'll sure help. You definitely want to make sure you have accurate information on all those places. You don't want to confuse the Google. If you confuse the Google, it's just not good. So you want to make sure information is accurate across platforms. And uh, and then when you when you want to get really serious on the one of these areas, it's probably a good idea to hire someone who spends a lot of time trying to figure it out. It changes. Um, it changes all the time. Google, we, we, we yeah. use the phrase that uh, Google has all the gold and they make all the rules. And we just have to live with those. And, golden, and so, golden, rule. golden rule, yeah. <laughs> golden rule, golden rule. Sorry. So um, to, um, uh, to have an academy, it, it would be a great thing. Uh, they would, uh, it wouldn't be a free academy and it wouldn't no. be part-time. No, no. Well, just I was throwing out an idea. We could we could sort of play with it if anybody's listening and is interested. It's a, it's a great idea. So we could do the same thing with a group of people and um, kind of make a more level playing field, and we could impact more people and have right. greater, greater results. So talk about the ch Google changes things. They're pretty sneaky about it. The a, a, a logarithm is that what it is? Their algorithm, yeah. Uh, they've made a lot of changes just in the last couple of years. They actually have two al two search algorithms. One is for desktop search and one is for mobile search. Huh. And they are separate. Uh, they announced about a year and a half ago, or maybe two years ago, I forget. It's been a little while ago. They announced that they were going to put more priority on mobiles, mo the mobile search algorithm Meaning that if your site wasn't, if you were ranking, say, on page one, but your site wasn't mobile friendly, that not, because it wasn't, that was the, the mobile friendly aspect was certainly going to become a much more important factor uh, to the mobile search algorithm. And you potentially could lose ranking on a mobile search, even if you ranked highly in a, on a desktop search. And that, that was a couple years ago. Then um, a few months back, they announced that the mobile search algorithm was going to be in next year, 2018 was going to be the predominant factor to ranking in the search engines period. And the so, reason for that? Well, it's because way more, way more than at this point, well more than half of all search is mobile. And that's mostly smartphones, but that also includes tablets. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So Russ, you've been taking all this in. Um, I think you should come up with a really good hard question for these guys. Let's stump our guests. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stop these guys from making all of these changes so it's not so mind <laughs> So, so you know the reason. Yeah, probably, you guys don't want to answer that. It, it, it would no, it's it's a great forever. question. It's a great question, but it goes back to you just have to look at it from their standpoint. They're trying to provide the best product for you and I, the guy who's searching. And so they're going to work really hard to get into our brains, then to put that into their brain and to give, a, give us 
the searcher the best result. So yeah. what we have to be doing as SEO experts is understanding Google and where they're going and then making sure that our clients are providing relevant information for those search terms. It has to be because, you know, the, the otherwise, you know, we're going to mistakenly send somebody to a client site and the, and the, and Google, the Google customer is not going to be happy, which is going to drop them in ranking. Yeah, and this is how they made Yahoo and Metacrawl and all of these other people disappear in the first place. They worked really hard at it to, yeah. to provide the best quality product for their clients. And, and they make changes all the time. They make changes to their algorithm all the time. Uh, the, the nice part of it is we, we are actually members of a uh, very large uh, SEO mastermind group uh, that's worldwide in scope. And... Uh, some of some of our, our our peers, the really smart ones, they actually uh, before Google makes changes, they file patents. So a lot of these guys get copies of these patents, the new ones that have been filed, waiting for them to be approved. Get copies of this stuff and read it. So we generally have a pretty good idea of where things are headed. Um, you know, Google does their best to to obfusc obfuscate that that you know, but they have to have the information in there so the, the guys in the patent office can say, okay. So we got some, like I say, we have some smart colleagues that read that stuff, figure that out and give us an idea of where Google's going, say six months or a year from now. Well, part of these, this change was necessary. People used to pack in the keywords, just load them <laughs> in. And then people used to go out and do these fictitious sites with all these links, backlinks. And they just do thousands of them and Google right. got smart to that. I, yeah, there's, there's no matter what the rules uh, that, that Google comes up with, and there's always going to be somebody who's going to figure out a way around it. And then once they figure out a way around it, Google will figure out that they did that, and then they change the rules again. Yeah, so I figured that's. But there that's are some, but there are some basic things that that you know we 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 ourselves in our company, we follow industry. Well, I call it say industry best practice. We stay away. We don't do anything black hat. Um, in the in the SEO world, black hat is things that are just you know you 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 know you shouldn't do, but you do them, hoping for a good result, hoping not to get caught. But we don't. That was that was standard practice, you know, even even five years ago. Mm -hmm. But the things that we were that a lot of people did, and we were doing five years ago, if we were to do them today, would get us penalized. Still, one of the biggest things I see for people that try to do SEO on their own is they over optimize their websites in terms of keywords. They'll put a keyword on there. Let's say they have 600 words of content on their homepage. They'll put a keyword in there, you know, like 40 times. Google only needs it in there like once or twice, and then they know what you're about. But when you start putting it in there, you know, 20, 30, 40 times, you get over-optimized, and you may see yourself move up in the rankings. You may even get to, you know, the bottom or middle of page two, but you're not going to get any further. Wow. Wow. It's well, almost like it's almost like they give you hope, you know. You're saying, "Oh, I'm moving up, I'm moving up, I'm moving up," and then boom, you hit the ceiling, and you're on page two, where nobody's going to find you. When you get penalized, do you stay there, or is there any way to to get out of that? Oh yeah, you can you can change it. Uh, I had I had a client not this last year that on after I had done some SEO work and we were moving up nicely, he went in on his own and decided to rewrite one of the pages that he wanted to rank for, and he put the keyword in there like it was like 42 times oh, geez. And, and then we started dropping back and it's like I was trying to figure out why and he mentioned to me that he happened to change that page so I went in and <laughs> I copied all the information and I highlighted all the places he had done that and I said you need to this needs to get fixed he said well okay fix it and I fixed it and we shot back shot right back right up the page one now it mm -hmm. took a little while I mean it took a few months to make that to for that when I say shot right up that might have been two or three months but um but yeah, that's, that's something that still a lot of people do. I find it particularly those who try to do the SEO on their own, where they just, they're looking at old information and don't really, don't really have the resources to stay abreast of really what's working today and what's, what's, what are current best practices. Well, best practices is what Google has, and it's also what's going on that people are looking for. Um, yeah. so Russ, did you have more to that question? Well, you know, I, I just it just gets back to that whole notion of, of working within your wheelhouse and not trying to do things that you're not good at. And, and uh, 
So, I, you know, I definitely don't know a lot about SEO, but I do write. And what I've started doing is looking at the principles of copywriting and uh, starting to study that because that's what I could do on my own. Uh, I, I would I definitely need to hire somebody. I've got a guy working on my website that knows a whole lot more about this stuff than I do. And he's re-optimizing and rebuilding the site. But in order to help myself, I've started looking at copywriting. And uh, I just put together a series on donors that talks about some of the information you, you got to have. And so you really got to know your audience uh, in order to, to get some traction. It's <laughs> That's that's pretty important. Uh, it, it, what what your content contains is is really where the keywords are probably going to be found. Sure. Absolutely good points. Absolutely good points. Um, we're on the the downside of our interview, and want to we try to keep these under an hour because uh, that's that's a whole lot of time, and people want to get some really good content. So think about stuff we haven't talked about, guys, and then what's what's a a thought or a challenge or a tip you want to leave with people. I want to work in, um, we have sponsors for Center Vision Leadership Foundation that enable us to offer free programs and discounted programs and make more penetration into a larger market. And sponsor today is by Word, Word Sprint. It's Word Fast, Word Sprint. It's, it's their print house. Uh, we publish a magazine, Nonprofit Professional Performance 360 magazine. WordSprint is our printer, but they're also a mailing house. So part of that's a, there's a there's a synergy between this guys. We're staying in touch with people that are our tribe. We're giving them content. In this case, we're sending a mail piece they can hold in their hand. And when the mail piece hits the last sorting station, boom. It triggers an email automatically that goes one or two days later and says, hey, John, did you see article on page five of the magazine I just sent you? And so it does a, a lot for um, increasing increasing the open rate and, and the participation. So WordSpread is the go-to choice for design, copywriting, printing, and mailing. WordSpread.com, you can click on a link and get a free consultation. Tell them that uh, Hugh sent you from CenterVision. Let's go back to the uh, the electronic media, which all of this stuff, if we have, I work, uh, Russ and I work with organizations to build out their strategy. We, we're trying to hunt and peck in the dark rather than having a, a synergistic plan. I wouldn't dare get in front of an orchestra and choir and try to direct without a piece of music because people are all over the place. So we have to have some glue that's going to hold us together and people can then become engaged. So with that, we're very clear on what it is we offer, who we offer it to, and what's the value of our service and the impact. And so that gives you guys something to work around and to, to use your magic to bring that constituency to the site and actually do something. So if I've heard you correctly, part of it is identifying the trends, look, what are people looking for, but also attracting the right people. And then on the other side, also, you just slipped right by this, you're creating a landing page, I heard that. And the landing page has to convert so that it's got something interesting so that people don't leave in 0.2 seconds. Um, and so they actually engage with you and learn something and want to be part of your tribe, donate or be a part of your, your, your volunteer pool. So there's a whole, there's a whole synergy and all this thing that goes together. So let me, let me throw it to you. Um, uh, like the last time we talked, my brain is firing on many cylinders of things that I'm not doing right. Um, so I can't handle much more of this, but I guess I've already got a list of things to do. So you're going to be getting a call from me about my, my new site going up. Let me throw it to John and then Pip as, as a departing thought, a comment, kind of sum up some of the things you wish people would do. And at the end, remind them of where they can go to find out. And you have a survey or something on the site. So talk about that too. Okay. Yes. So we have, uh, <clears throat> Uh, we have a, 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 a form that they can go through. What's the name of that form? Pip? Strategy form. Strategy form. So we have a strategy form that they can go through on the site and it kind of leads them through to, to give us information so we can get back to them with some knowledge of what they're trying to do. But I, I'm going to step back. I'm going to go back to what Russell said was 
you know, staying in your wheelhouse. And so companies that come to us, we are going to have to make the assumption that they're good at what they do. And, you know, Pip and I have, we've got a, a really wide range of backgrounds. Uh, Pip's owned several businesses. I've owned several businesses. So sometimes we get more involved than we should in the whole process. Uh, but what we look to do is be the SEO expert. So what we look for is our clients to bring to us, this is what I do, this is who searches for us, and this is how they search for us. Make me, put me on page one for these three key search terms. And that's what we do. We go after those, those search terms. Now, sometimes we get a little bit deeper into the weed than that. <laughs> But that's what we primarily do. Okay. Yeah. And we offer, uh, once they filled out our strategy form, we then produce a, uh, about an eight minute uh, video analysis where we look at their website, we look at the competition, uh, the strength of the competition, and then uh, kind of tell them the opportunity that, that's there. It, you know, if you rank for this, this is how many searches there are. This is what this is a conservative estimate you could expect as far as visitors and you know based upon a conservative conversion rate how much that traffic would be worth to you so we like to show them you know how big the opportunity they're missing out on is and that's on our site the other thing that i was gonna just say here in closing was something Hugh, you and i've talked about before and that is we touched a little bit on conversion and we haven't talked about video this evening uh, in, on this call but Video can be a, a really, really good way to help conversions on your, on your site, on your landing pages. If you can do a, a short video that deals with it, you know, your business, that topic of landing page, usually less than two minutes on your page can be a tremendous help because people like to know who they're potentially going to get involved with. And if so, if if you can do a video that's engaging, you look at the, you look at your uh, at the person who's watching, you have the ability to kind of talk to them directly. So when you do them, you want to be like you're talking to that single person, and you can do that. And uh, as I had told you once before, Hugh, I had, a, I, have an, I had an attorney client, have an attorney client that we had ranked, and he was getting uh, clicks to his website, wasn't getting the conversion, wasn't getting the phone calls. We put a short video on his site, and it, it, it over, overnight that video um, tripled, it might even a quadrupled his phone calls in a, in a week um, for his business. It was just, it was unbelievable how much of a difference it made. So you guys aren't a one-trick pony. You have a whole whole lot of different programs and knowledge base and wisdom. A lot of things you can share with people. That's that's quite remarkable. I think that's one of our strengths is we've, you know, we've got gray hair too. And uh, <laughs> at least I do. I'm not sure John does, but anyway, I do. And uh, we've done a lot of things, work with a lot of different businesses. So we generally have uh, the ability to kind of uh, understand what they're doing fairly quickly. And, you know, obviously work within our expertise, which is SEO and digital media. But a lot of times we can, we can even make suggestions and things, other things are doing that, that could be helpful as well. Well, awesome. Um, guys, thank you for, for jumping in. Uh, we had a cancellation tonight, and thank you for jumping in the last minute and um, being so gracious to share all of this great information. And you do offer a lot of upfront uh, service to people. That's a gift. Um, Russell, thank you for being here again and, and answering really good asking really good questions. And Russell has made some notes of the profound statements that came out of your mouth. We got some some sound bites here. We're going to put those on this website as well. Um, so, folks, listen to the uh, podcast can find the video on nonprofitchat.org. The podcast, if you're looking for it, it's on the iTunes Store. The Nonprofit Exchange. And we'd love to have two-way conversations. So when you go to Nonprofit Chat, it gets you a chance to register. And then we're connected. And we're, we can have back-and-forth conversations. We have about 1,500 people right now in the conversation part of this. And we have lots more people, uh, about 10 times that many, that uh, download and listen to the podcast. So we want to reach a whole lot more people with this series of 
learning how to install really good business systems and principles into the organization that you run. Um, so I'm blessed to be uh, in the in, in connected with you guys, and thank you so much for sharing. And do expect that I'm going to give you a call because if you've awakened the giant within, I've got to think of more things. To <laughs> There's just one one thing I'd like to to sneak in before we leave. Is, yes, sir. Is that the service that these guys provide is just is is superior, is premium, and the thing I like about what I see in that website is when they go in there, they define some parameters. It's like, if, if your business or organization is at a certain place, we can help you. If you're not at that place, then don't, we don't want to offer you something that's not going to benefit you. So, I mean, that's, that's integrity on steroids and I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for Russ listens and he observes and he comes up with these really good profound statements. John Zittmeyer and Pip Patton, thank you for sharing your wisdom with our, our audience tonight. Thank you. Thanks for inviting. Thanks, Russell. We appreciate it. It's good to be here. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.